0: I'm at the very eastern end of Fingal Valley, and the property uh, sort of runs from St Mary's back along the valley towards Fingal. We have got 5,500 hectares here, and um, we are a, a beef operation and currently running close to 5,000 ahead of of cattle on the farm.
1: Now you've got a little unique problem. On well, it might not be a problem, but um, it's something you don't want on the farm, and you want to get rid of it. Tell us the story.
0: <laughs> uh, well, it, it's not a problem, Tony. That's for sure. But we do in the past. These properties uh, have been have run sheep on them. Uh, we are now uh, solely cattle, and uh, each of the properties have has got a shearing shed on them and they really are now surplus to our our needs. Those sheds are really well built and have got a lot of very good material in them still and um, we just think that it would be a much better, could be put to much better use by someone else. And from our point of view, it's just a pity to see that material wasted or even worse because it's a little bit hard to justify spending money on maintenance of something that you can't see that you're ever going to use again you know to watch them deteriorate over time and then those materials become sort of useless so we think it, it would be a great opportunity to put them on the market and see whether someone else uh, is interested in the materials from them and yeah, use them so there's actually three sheds that we've got we've uh, put with nutrient to uh, to sell.
1: Okay. Now I'm looking at a photo of uh, one of the big sheds. It's very substantial, and uh, gee, it's a great looking structure. And and I, I suppose you'd want somebody to come and take it away, and then maybe put it back up on their property. Is that the uh, the end result you want? Uh,
0: Tony, I, I don't think it's really. I, I think it's up to the person that may be interested to see what they what they want to do with the materials. There's probably any number of things that could they could use the materials for, you know, I'm, I'm not particular about what someone might want to do with the materials and put it up. Certainly, there is the opportunity to put it up as a shed. One of the sheds is a substantial shearing shed. It was a six-span shearing shed and has been really well built. And that's on the Cullenswood property and has had a lot of you know, high-quality wool sheep go through that shed and has, has seen a lot of wool cut uh, in that shed. So, yeah, maybe someone will want to use them for shearing sheds. Maybe people will have other ideas on what they could repurpose
1: the materials for. Alison, do you know how old the uh, big shearing shed at Cullenswood is?
0: Good question, Tony. I'm not 100% sure. It's a sawtooth design, and I think that was uh, pretty popular in the 80s. So that's, that's my guess, Tony.
1: Now, people might be asking the question, you say you're into beef cattle, but what about if you change your mind in five years and uh, <laughs> wool, wool becomes more popular or sheep meat?
0: Uh, no, well, we certainly, we have a pretty high rainfall here and cattle are suited to our environment and it is suited to what we do. It's not, this is not a, a decision we're just doing for the next couple of years. This is something that we've thought about and we know, so it's us, our business and our environment is cattle only.
1: Now, the beef market's been pretty tough over the, the last uh, few months, especially how are you travelling? Have you got special contracts in place that um, enable you to be going okay with it?
0: Tony, we're so, yeah, I mean, obviously there's been a correction in the market and uh, there's been a significant change from where we were, you know, one, two years ago. I think that we, we all knew that uh, the prices we were experiencing previously were probably unsustainable and as, as much as we enjoyed them, we knew that there'd be a correction in the market uh, at some point. Our business is a business that's here for the long haul and we certainly have things in place to make sure that uh, we can navigate these periods where you know markets fluctuate it's part of what we do which is working in an unpredictable environment and market. So one of those things is unpredictable and we we need to have a business that's robust and can navigate that period of time that may not be quite as favorable we have 1500 breeders on and they've got calves at foot. We also have um, our yearlings that the female portion of that class will be replacement heifers. And the steers will all be starting to turn off now and enter into the feedlot, Taz feedlot, around that 450 to 500 kilo mark. Um, as well as my own cattle on. We've got approximately a thousand head of adjustment dairy dairy adjustment on as well, which we carry for a fifteen month uh, period. We take them on at approximately one hundred and fifty kilos, and take them through to just prior to carving at around four hundred and fifty kilos, and then return them to their dairies
1: ready to carve. So it's a huge operation. How do you handle it all? Have you got, you must have some good staff working with you.
0: Uh, I have some great staff, Tony. Um, I have a pretty young and enthusiastic team. I've got some really bright staff that uh, are motivated to, you know, really excel in grazing and livestock management. But, yeah, we, we work pretty well together and we all really love what we do and where we work.
1: And conditions, you say it's a pretty good rainfall area. What, uh, what do the properties look like? You've got plenty of, plenty of feed for the cattle?
0: Actually, it's really an interesting season, uh, Tony. So we have quite a significant uh, variation in our rainfall from one end of the property to the other. Year to date, uh, we're sitting on about 500, well, it's 508 mils year to date, uh, which is very low rainfall. This time, just to put it in perspective, October last year, for the month of October, we had more rain than we've had all year. So last October we had 544 mils of rain for the month and we've had 508 mils for the year. So we are incredibly dry this year. However, we have come out of a particularly wet period and there was really good moisture in the soil. So we have been we have been able to grow some feed in front of us for the spring. It we are, I will say we are just ticking along here at the moment for spring. But, you know, things will change fairly soon unless we get some rain.
1: And you'll have to bring feed in, you're saying?
0: Uh, we don't often feed, Tony. It has to be a pretty uh, pretty severe dry time for us to feed. We have worked pretty hard with our grazing and still are to be growing a wedge of feed in front of us while we still have some growth at the moment. And we we manage our grazing pretty tightly and are working already on our graze plans through the summer to make sure that we have the feed required and know how we will manage our livestock to get them through at this point no we're not anticipating we'll need to feed, but let's see what happens sort of through in February, March.
1: But you still look to the skies.
0: Uh, I think every farmer looks to the first stars, Tony, in comparison to last year though i'm not it's where we had a huge amount of rain here. I don't think what we're facing at the moment for us is any more difficult than what we faced last year when we were so incredibly
1: wet. And how do you go for water with regard to dams on property, et cetera, or irrigation?
0: Uh, we don't irrigate. Uh, we do have one dam on the properties and we're able to fill, We sell water out of that downstream. We don't irrigate. We're not set up to irrigate. Uh, But we do have good reticulated water for stock water.
1: Lovely talking to you, Alison. Thank you very much, Tony. Nice to talk to you as well. And that was St Mary's farmer, Alison Napier, who runs 5,000 cattle on her property on the east coast and, needless to say, wanting to get rid of a few shearing sheds.